Jesus, if, if, you, if you need this time for, for healing or for us to discuss Scripture, Lord, wherever that may be, Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask that your will would be done. Lord, bless these instruments. Lord, bless every single lyric that is sung. Jesus, we don't have to invite you in because we brought you with us. And Holy Spirit, you're here in this room. Holy Spirit, you're you're changing hearts, you're changing lives, Jesus. You're speaking to us in in new, eloquent ways that we've never heard before, Jesus. Lord, I I just pray and ask specifically for me, and if if this is you as well, let us be your prayer, that that this right here would not just be a time to sing lyrics, but this would just be a time to, to put away distractions. Turn off your phone, turn off your ringer, put everything down and just completely focus on this moment. That as we worship, Lord, that, that we can be grateful for the cross. That we can be grateful for your blood. That we can be grateful that you brought us here to this evening. Whether, whether we had to walk here, whether we got to drive here, Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter because you have brought us here for such a time as this. Yes. For such a time as this. Will, Will loves to say it. He says it so many times, but there will never be another night like tonight. The Lord has strictly orchestrated every person to be here tonight for a specific reason. Don't allow that reason to to go and just pass you by. You know, I I believe that our walk with the Lord is, is very, very simple and very slow and very easy. And, and a lot of times we just get to sit back and watch him work. But I have a, I have a feeling tonight that if we really press in, if, if we sit at the edge of our seats, if, 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 we, if we look in, and, and, and you know, as, as, the, as the metaphor is, if we take the bull by the horns, the Lord wants to do something amazing in your life. But you have to press in, that you have to let him. I believe that we're all facing challenges in our lives right now. And, and uh, Will has put me on this and I've been on it for so long recently. Patrick Mahomes even just said it this past weekend. And you know, his, his relationship with the Lord is between him and the Lord. But he said, I want to thank God for the Super Bowl win. Because he challenged us every single play to get better. And that struck with me that every challenge in your life this week, this month, whatever you're going through, the Lord has put that challenge in your life so that you can get better. Don't get bitter. Stop being bitter about what's happened in the past. Get better. Allow that challenge to increase your faith. Allow that challenge to increase your trust. If you have anything at all that is on your mind, that is on your heart, that is consuming you, that is is not supposed to be here during this worship, I want you to visualize putting all of that in your hands. Whether that's you've lusted this past week, you've watched pornography this week, you you smoked something that you weren't supposed to smoke, you did something you weren't supposed to do, You stole whatever it is, whatever is consuming your brain, your heart, your mind right now.
close your eyes. Imagine that you're putting all of that junk in your hands and that the Lord's hands are in the middle of this room right now and you're, you're giving it all to him. That's worship to me. When we have all this stuff that we want to be in control of, that we want solved, that we want figured out, and we freely give it to him, that's worship. So right now, Jesus, we give everything that we are consumed with that's not you, and we, and we lay it on the ground right now, Lord. We give it to you. We are casting our cares on you. That's what your scripture tells us to do, because you care for us. So, Lord, we just pray and ask that we can worship in spirit and in truth and that we can worship like nothing else matters because it doesn't. No, nothing else matters. Everything that you just laid, it does not matter. The one thing in this moment tonight is that Jesus is meeting you right where you're at. He wants to dine with you. He wants to spend time with you. Let's worship him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Still, just keep, keep playing when you're playing. Still, while we were praying, um, God gave me like something that you needed to hear. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done in your past life, God wants to say that He's proud of you and that He loves you.
He kept his head down. He kept his faith in the Lord. And the Lord walked him to have a, a very successful lawyer term. Uh, and tonight, uh, Pastor Aaron is going to, to just, you know, be speaking on whatever the Holy Spirit brings him. Um, so uh, I've known Aaron for a while. This is probably the third or fourth time coming and speaking. Yeah, he, he came the first time that he spoke was... Uh, at, yeah, we were at Winfield High School. We were just in the back of a bunch of trucks, and we had lawn chairs, and the, the Holy Spirit moved and worked mightily that night. Uh, he brought an on-time word, and we've been grateful any time that Pastor Aaron comes and speaks. So, uh, without further ado, oh, yeah. um, I want to I want to stay with what he said. Uh, yeah, I want to just pray a little bit. I want to keep the same posture. Amen. Yeah. Everybody knows I have stuff like anybody else has spoken. And you have notes. The next thing you know, you're like, well, I was pointless. <laughs> so um, I just want to, I'm just feeling um, So just pray for a second with you. That's all right. Father God, we love you so much. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love this night is precious, Father God. Your purposes are holy and precious. And I'm just thankful, Father God. And so, Lord, um, I thank you that tonight, uh, you're as relative now as the things we read about you because you are I am. Amen. And you're always present tense in your present tense here tonight. Yes. And so, Father God, I just humble myself to you uh, to speak what you have. Yes. To change everything that I thought I needed to say. And, and I just bow myself to you. Uh, thank you for your help, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. Uh, that you anoint what I've been through financially so I can relay it to God be laid from God. And I just give you praise for that. Um, so that song, Precious Lord, y'all know the history behind why that was written. So I used to think that was about dying. That has absolutely not about dying. The guy who wrote that was in the 20s. He was a blues jazz singer. Everybody knows me. I'm, my name's Aaron, uh, Pastor Aaron. I own Dunbar Print. And, um, and um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go about this hand here. I'm going to tell you about my journey for when I bought this shop a little over 10 years ago and all the stuff we've been through. It would not be here if it wasn't for the Lord. That song is, is one of my favorites, by the way. And the story behind it really stirs my heart. Um, I'm also a blues jazz musician, so that's probably why I'm liking this story. So this guy was, uh, you know, he plays secular and he wrote a lot of hymns. And he was on the road, and I don't know, remember exactly if he was doing secular jazz at this time or gospel, but he got a phone call in the 1920s. It's a big deal when you're in another state since your wife's, uh, your wife's dying. So he's like, I gotta get home. So he literally drove through the night through the rain to get to his dying wife. He found out his kid was dead, too. But his wife and his kid died. So he was so angry with God, he said, I'm done. So, um, so, two weeks later, he was in a studio. He said, I'm done. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to play just jazz and play blues. God, I'm done with you. He's sitting in a studio alone and quiet. He puts his hand up. Yeah. Starts to play that good. Thank <laughs> you. 
my background, and I'm going to give, I'm going to talk finances. My background, my mom was born in a house on the third floor. We come from money. I'm a C average student in high school and had no clue what I was doing. When I got out of college, literally, I chose my degree when my um, advisor said, so you're halfway through college. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your focus? I literally said, what am I closest to graduating? He looked at it and said, communications. So I put it down, that's what we do. I was like, that's, you know, that's literally, if it wasn't for God's grace, I'd probably be dead. I mean, literally, God's been carrying me through a lot of things. I was, you know, saved as a kid, on and off, all my life in church and everything. So then, I'm at a place in my life where, in my music, I actually had, uh, was the first band in West Virginia to actually win a spot in the international blues competition for all regional then my wife's grandfather passed away. He won't have work for me. I was working there at the time, and I, I was ready to get down this thing, talk to the guy at Yellow Dog Records. He was like, I think you've got this one. And there's like a 15 spot tour. We was going to go on when we got there. Um, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. So gospel music, dude. Um, then this, I was at a tour in between. At this point in time, because I had like everything I worked for is here, but then this, this business is falling apart. Then I fell apart. And I thought that when someone had a nervous breakdown, that was similar to being violent. I physically had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't sleep for two weeks. I was wide awake, wide awake for two weeks straight. I ended up going to the clinic. They gave me pills to sleep, nothing worse. So I paced the house all night, Lord. I just rebuked this thing. I knew, I just, nothing was weird. Day after day, wide awake. Then my wife in the middle of this, being very weak. Apologize, guys. She had seven surgeries in one surgery. I wasn't mad enough to even have my capacities to help her. Her dad had this old Wouldn't talk, wouldn't show up to the surgery. Then this broken state, this is all happening in the same month. Granddad passed away, and I, and I was told that if we don't take the shot, we got to I couldn't, because of my illness, travel to this competition, so that was, I lost, lost everything. This is 2011. Sitting in the hospital, uh, I can't be there. She's in the surgery, seven surgeries, she could die right now. I need a father figure. Right when I prayed that, in an hour, her pastor that she had, she grew up with, walked in and sat down beside me. Impossible, right? Not with God. And I said, can you do me a favor? And I told the whole story. I said, she's a father for you. Because she was broken from or recognized. It's just a woman. Families go through this. So she goes, he goes in there and it was the absolute answer to prayer. But in the middle of all that, again, I had a choice to make. So uh, I just felt to, to prayer. And asked God, what do I do? I, I gotta have a motivation for taking the business. It was a one million dollar a year business, uh, 13 employees. And I kept putting their faces on my heart all night. I didn't feel like I was strong enough. I was still recovering from the illness. This is the month after that. This is in December. My illness was in, 11, uh, in November of 2010. And um, I said, all right, for them I'll do it. It was a failing business, it was in the red. Sometimes, uh, two or three years before, we would gather and we would say, is this today the day we lock the doors and go home? 
She said, look, we had to leave. She said, I, I just, I don't know, let's do one more day. So I'm buying this business in the middle of a recession. I commit to it. Uh, the cost of it was not fathomable for, for me from where I come from. Um, so then I obtained a business. 13 employees, a million dollar a year sales, not enough to meet budget. Jump forward, our $2 million a year sales, 19 employees, and I've expanded the business all because of God's wisdom that he gave me. And it's what you guys have been saying, man. He's got to give you guidance. You can't make guidance without God's voice. Who here can agree that you can do things on your own and you can do things with God's I'm just this is reality. Yes. And so grace is greater than our sin. God's there to help our mistakes. But it's best if we try to follow the wisdom of Solomon, which is listen to God. Yes. So that's how I got to where I am today. And that's what I want to share with you guys with yeah. if I can. Um, so I made notes, which may be futile. But I know this is all my notes already. So. But uh, what I want to share is a couple of testimonies of how I handled some financial situations and hopefully inspired every one of you to apply, apply to everything in your life. You should hear him on Sunday. He, after he finished, he goes, oh, I didn't do anything on the notes whatsoever. <laughs> I know, man, that's everybody. So, um, prosperity is not an evil word. First time I heard that, that changed my life. That was uh, my wife's, my father-in-law before the meltdown. He said, how do I get it in people's head that prosperity is not an evil word? But that's what we keep saying. Prosperity is not evil. If we're in the hole, then, then we're not eating. Nobody's succeeding. We're all broke. When God created Adam and Eve, what's the first thing he did? Bless them. He didn't curse them. Right? And he said to do what? Our purpose, literally on planet Earth, is to be fruitful, right? Okay, so that means prosperity is not an evil word. Greed is. There's a difference. Greed is evil, prosperity is not. So you have to be profitable in our business. I mean, that's just common sense. But a lot of times in the business, you, you run into a lot of resistance. Most people are like, well, you're just being greedy. I'm like, no, I'm trying to make wise decisions for prosperity. Because out of prosperity... I'm able personally to help people on the streets out of my prosperity, just like Abraham did. Right? Whenever he came back, remember, and out of the spoils he gave, if he didn't have it, then he could have helped others. So whatever we put our hand to, we want to multiply it and see it grow, not for greedy reasons, but for helping others along the way, as well as ourselves. I mean, obviously, we have to take care of ourselves. And blessing and prosperity is a good thing. Um, the Bible talks about prosperity. First uh, Timothy four eight talks about your body. You know, look, the exercise it profits a little bit. Okay, that's a good thing, right? Uh, Genesis, I told you about that one. And Luke six thirty eight, y'all heard that one. Give, and it will be given to you, right? They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For you, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to your return. Now, I know we've preached that in tithing, but I don't think that I want to take that in our labor. How much you put into it, honestly. Um, and that goes to things like prayer, praying over your business, making good decisions. You know, how much you put into it, you get back out of. I mean, there's a lot of secular uh, wisdom. They get the same thing. 
But that's a godly wisdom, what you put into it. So um, when, I, when I learned that prosperity is a good thing, I'm like, okay, how are we going to succeed this company? When I first took the company, I was an employee. Now, now I'm a guy that owns it. You know how hard it is to be like cut peers with somebody? And then now I'm the boss. Like, that really sucks. It really does. So, again, I took it to prayer. And, and what I'm going to tell you, every, these things I'm going to share with you, if I wasn't praying through all this, I don't know if I would have succeeded as well because I wouldn't have been listening to God. Um, so everything, I, the business is successful because of, of God's wisdom. So I go there, I'm like, I bought the business. I need to pull everybody together and say, guess what, I'm the boss. It's fun, right? So I said, God, how am I going to do this? Prayer. He gives me the words. Spoke to my heart. Pull everybody together. I said, all right, everybody, we bought the business. Yeah, we are. They're all gathered around. I said, let's talk about who the boss is. Immediately, I saw him. Welcome God. Spire trip. I said, hey, who's the boss? Every customer that walks in the door is your boss and my boss. Well, wear different hats now. And I saw the countenance lift, and I went, okay. I said, y'all have different duties, but we're serving the same boss and if that boss fires, if we do bad, they will fire us, including me. So can we work as a team? And all of a sudden, God's wisdom helped me articulate what needed to be said. That was done by prayer. Um, literally, I got on my knees on that. Um, so we were still in the red that first year. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, okay, I have a lot more debt. And this, this company, man, this company is... Worse, but now now we have the same debt, but I have more debt to the person that's got it. So I'm like, what do we do? And I'm sitting in my office, and my wife, we should put this together. She had a stack of invoices. She said, see these right here? If I didn't get invoices, we could have money. I mean, of course, right? You didn't get bills. And all of a sudden, because I, I pray on a regular basis, something in my spirit came up and said, look at those invoices. Uh, and I said, give me those invoices. I looked through them. I separated them. I stacked like this to a company that we sent work out to. So much we spent on there. Several thousand. I said, hold on. I went back, checked our equipment. I'm like, why are we doing this? Remember, this is the first year. I wasn't making these decisions. And why are we doing this stuff? Why are we doing it here? So I went and found, I need one machine. So I said, okay, how much am I spending on that? She said, this much a year. I called around, tried to find the used machine to let my guys do it because we're going to pay them overtime and pay some off the road. And so I called around and I got, no, no, can't get anything at you. But that's literally one of the pages here. Nope, nothing. But then I got a call a month later. The guy said, no, I'll tell you what, there is one. If you go pick it up. So I got a truck, got a U-Haul, went up to Louisville, come back. We paid that invoice off that first year because that was my pleasure. Now, after that, I'm competitive because now I'm doing something nobody else does that does. So then I become profitable. It was a profitable decision. Wisdom of God, right? Just be in prayer like he said, man. Let's take time every day and just talk to the Lord. I'm sure you guys are doing that, but I'm encouraging. Just pray every day. Just be sensitive to what God's saying. You know, anybody's dated or anybody's been married, if you're not sensitive to your wife's voice, because you'll spend time with her, you may not pick up some clues, right? And how many women or men are like, hey, I'm just reading between the lines, I was trying to give you a clue here. 
But if you're say what? Yeah, I still don't. But, uh, yeah, you <laughs> have to. So the same with the book. You know, just kind of get a vibe from them. Um, let me tell you about this. Uh, I'm gonna get just to testify, and I will share some more stuff. So um, in this, we needed a big press that's 1.4 million dollars. Anybody got any money for that? Or I didn't have it. Well, two million dollars a year. There's no way to buy it, right? But I talked to a guy who repairs the press, and I said, "Look, I'm in the market for a press, but I'm not in the market for a press. I'm not in the market for a press, but I'm always in the market. Time's a good deal. Here's what I need, man. Um, because we had one press, and I needed two because I had faith. I was trying to operate faith. I need to have two because what I'm going to shoot for, I'm going to need two presses. So it was this type of thing." So he calls back, I don't know, a year later, says, man, it was a press organ. And he said, um, I think you can get this $1.4 million press for $90,000. Normally, a used press would be half, of, half the price of full. And it was unexpected. And I, I said, yes, out of faith, I said, yes. Go ahead, put that on there. The day of, I got it for $70,000. I didn't have the money for it, so I didn't plan for it. Again, I'm praying, always praying. And I always have to do this thing, I'm always praying to God, I'm full, full waste God, what do I do with this? Um, so then I take a bar of this to my house, I'll take out my savings, I'll do that, and I hope the bank will reimburse me, which the bank did. But then I get a call, I have two big old semis coming, and they're like, okay, we'll be there tomorrow, where we'll put it. Um, I had to get rid of this little press that was in the way. I had nowhere to put it. I, I, literally, I was like, I don't know. I was going to park beside railroad tracks. I said, God, like you said earlier, I said, God, I, I, I've become more humble. The more I work with God, the more I'm able to just rest and say, God, bigger than me. I can't. I, that's 80 tons of press coming. I said, oh, no, man, I'll just give you the address. Head down here. Y'all done Dunbar, I literally would have put it by the rail tracks out there, just things parked right there. Yeah. I get a call the day they're there within two hours. Hey, I heard that you need a place to park this press. So wow. I've been praying, man. He said, I manage the Nitro Warehouse. I got a place. Just tell them to go down here, give me the address, last minute, boom. Pull in. These are 80, these are 80 ton presses. Split a few parts, you know, 20 ton, 30 ton. We need a, a special forklift. I look over at the end and I see these two ginormous fork charts. I'm like, how coincidental? Who owns those? I call and it was uh, one of the places in Nitro. It's, um, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, I call down there. Ah, yeah, yeah. They run them over there, load it up. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. Now I've got to sell the other press, get this out of here. Three months later, I finally get a buyer from another press. I called the same crane company and said, hey, I need to rent those fork trucks. And we, they said, what are you talking about? The fork trucks that, well, there's no fork trucks over there. <laughs> uh, I talked to someone and there's fork trucks that came over there. He goes, we don't, that's not our property. Those two fork trucks were just there temporarily. But we don't have fork trucks there. <laughs> I said, and I, and I said, then why did you, he goes, we have some that we repair, but something in my heart made me say yes to you that day. So God works through people. The voice wow. of God. I said, oh, okay, well, thank you. Um, the guy on the truck had a fork truck, loaded it up, got to the shop, and got it loaded. But literally everything was a miracle. 
on the way. God got me oppressed back before. $1.4 million oppressed. He worked everything out ahead of time because I was on my knees praying and trusting him. And I believe he operates the reason we pray is because God just works through our prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a million ways we could talk about that, but talks about taking everything to the Lord in prayer and, and he sets up miracles like you wouldn't believe. Then the pandemic hit. This is big. Um, I was in there, if y'all obviously remember the, the shutdowns. I got the word that we had to shut down. James comes to mind about the testing of faith. You know, James chapter 1, mm -hmm. that the testing of your faith is a good thing because steadfast. And I know my business has been a testing of my faith. It's back painful for it. So when they said, you need to shut down your business, um, I was always pushing forward. Me taking a step back was never in my DNA. And I was angry when I pulled everybody away and I said, I'm going to force this to do it, man. We just have to shut down. And I went home that night, walked in my kitchen praying, like, what do I do with this? Back at the same place I was the day when I had to choose the Bible. Same prayer, the same Lord. I can't do this. This is bigger than me. And something swallowed up in me. My wife walked in. I said, Gene, I said, I'm going to open the business up tomorrow. I'm going to do it. I said, I feel like God told me there's two paths right now in America. Faith and fear. It's like two choices. I don't know how to do fear. Mm -hmm. I looked her in the eyes and said, I don't know how to do fear. I don't care what the government's going to do. I'm going to go open my business up and we're going to just do everything as if this is not happening. So I opened the doors. <laughs> Carter may come back. First thing, because of that step of faith. Uh, what did they call the businesses? They, they said if you're... Uh, Essential. essential business, you know, or a print shop. Like, like that's essential, right? <laughs> so, but God made us essential. I took that step of faith. And first day I got a phone call from a moonshine company saying, we need, we need 10,000 labels for hand sanitizers. We're going to fix the shortage. We became immediately essential. Then I got a call from the hospitals. Are you open? We need hospital forms quickly. Then I got a call from the state of West Virginia, and nobody cuts me on this one, but we prayed all the mail-in ballots <laughs> to send out all the states, kids and kids and kids of them. But that funded us. It kept coming and kept coming, kept coming. Press down what you give. I gave faith. Press down, shake it together to give back to you. I chose to step into faith and not fear. Okay, and, and when I say someone chooses fear, not to be ashamed. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying steps of faith. The Bible talks about that, right? When Moses stood out on the water, and, and I mean, they're standing there like, look, the Israelites are coming. What are we doing here? There was fear. The people who had fear were still saved. But the one who God worked through was the one who stood in faith. And Moses raised his hand and split the Red Sea, you know. So faith, God will work with you in your faith. Yeah. And so I took that step of faith, and we stayed open the whole time. Um, and then in the middle of that, uh, we were having church. Three of our employees were having church every single day. We preached ourselves through this pandemic at the shop um, around the coffee pot. Literally every day. We would stop and we would get the Bible out. We just, it was just a thing, you know, what we're going through. And then it stirred in our hearts. It says, we, we need to, what do we invite people to do this? And that's where our, our church, the garage, came from. We met in the garage bay. 
because just some churches were still, the others were opening up, but some of them stayed shut down. And so we started saying, hey, we opened the garage door and some people come and join us. And that's how that got started during the pandemic around the coffee pot. And um, so my whole step in that journey, and that's just the key, I'm going to tell you little things. Um, I, if it wasn't for steps of faith and me talking to the Lord every single day and just learning to rest, which is what Hebrews tells us, the book of Hebrews talks about the rest. I don't know if I would have been as successful if I did it on my own. And so that's how I grew the business uh, to bank employees. I still operate out of faith today. The testing of my faith has left me a little bit more relaxed. So when I look around the stuff in the world, um, and I'm not distraught by the news as I would have been 10 years ago. If anybody's a boomer or Gen X, you can look back at your, your life and see, yeah, it was here. It feels like, boom, society's gone down. It feels that way. Um, but God told me today, he goes, consider blessed that I chose for you to be born in this time. Mm -hmm. He says, because you know what, George Washington, literally, this is, George Washington couldn't handle today's generation. That's why you're here today. Told me that today. He says, you're, you were literally, I chose you to be born now because you couldn't handle George Washington's generation. You guys weren't made for it. But he wasn't made for this generation. You guys are called for a time as this. Yes. This, and all the years that you've been around, that's what we're here for. I was called to save the shop. It's one of the purposes God gave me that I didn't even know so that people could have jobs. Because from the time I bought it, we went through recessions and pandemics, and everyone kept a job. I need an internship. You need an internship. I need an internship. You're welcome. Thank you. So I was born for, the, for that purpose, for this time. You guys have something on you, you know? I'm still 21 year old, you know, 50 year old. I'm still 21 year old, and a 50 year old. 49. 49. You look like me. Yes. <laughs> My hair is long. Um, and they said use it or lose it. That's a lie, guys. You know that? I let my hair grow out. I used it. still lost me. Anyway. Um, so that's the word in my heart. That, that Number one is that see that when you see this troubled world, that you are specifically chosen by God to be born right now. You can handle it. Same God that led Moses through the Red Sea is the same God that's working each one of you right now. To us. I mean, he's got this. Just put the Red Sea. We got less things to worry about than this feels like to me. Honestly. Uh, and I love it when God gives me those words. That's the thing that kind of drives me every single day. I mean, if anybody has anything to chime in, please jump in. Uh, I was, um, okay, so as a business owner, I share this with you, and I'll share this with a lot of people. But uh, I have employees over, over the course that has had troubles that we find out about. And we have privately given money to fix their problems. Just, just gave it. Uh, one fellow was going through a lot of trouble. He, uh, his, something happened in his house, and he lost his computer, and it just it's a bunch of stuff. And so we bought him some things, computer, everything, just so we take care of it. 
that's what a business owner does. You see your customers as family and you see your employees as family. Um, matter of fact, nothing tangible stuff in this world, you know, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away and my words will This piano will be here forever. I mean, these houses, I mean, they will be here forever. But someone said mentoring, who said that earlier, mentoring a generation, you know, passing the knowledge of Jesus to others, that's eternal. But if we put our whole life in gold, you know, Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven because down here moth will eat. If our whole life purpose is spent around things, the things are rotten. Jesus said, it's going to pass away. Anything made of earth. So the things that are mattered is when I give to an employee that's lost something, that's eternal. That's planting a seed. Because if you do that with people, when you go to preach the gospel, they're going to listen to you. They'll see it's credible. And I'm going to make a, I'm going to tie something in that's very interesting. That fellow in a wheelchair today. Uh, I run into people in the back alley. I go out there and I, I would I would buy food for them or I, I give them money. I won't tell you about that, but I take the opportunity to help the ones that are less needy around there, and I never do it in a way that's me high doing low. I never do that. Mm -hmm. If I do food, I eat with them. Mm -hmm. If I go to the Kroger's and see a guy sitting on a bench broken, and and he says I need you to feed this guy, prophetically he'll tell me some things. I will buy two meals. I'll sit down and say, man, I bought this box of donuts and two waters. Do you mind breaking, do you mind sharing some donuts with me? And we'll sit and eat a box of donuts and we'll talk. I do that in, in the back alley. If someone asks me for money because they want it for uh, drugs, smoking, something, if God tells me to do it, I used to be against that because my dad told me that. He'd be like, oh, no, don't burn it. Don't give money on that stuff. No, but God always gives opportunity. Do you remember... When Jesus would do things, he would say, now go do this and, and, and go, go give this or, or follow up with something. I, I've learned from that, that when someone says, I, I, I need some money, and I said, God says, give money, I'll, I'll hold the money up. And I said, I grab the person's hand. Let me drop it. I just, just yeah, I grab my hand and I say, I want to tell you one thing. This money has a purpose. I'm giving you this money so that you will buy food. This is blessed by God himself and Jesus. But spend this. Your duty is spend this on food. And I would approach it that way. Um, people need a purpose. You know? People still need to eat if they're broken. So I give them a purpose. If I know that they're wanting it for something, I'm hoping to give them a chance that the conviction in the heart, because everybody, everybody's got the heart. God's always speaking to everybody's hearts. That they have a chance have a better life by learning to listen to the voice of God, so I give them opportunity. So I'll give them money with a purpose. This is for food. I said, if you want to get smokes or something else, go get that from someone else. Use that for food. Hopefully that they will be able to listen to their heart later and do a God thing for the better of life. Do we all know what listening to your heart means? Do, do we know a good question. the difference between like your body's voice and your spirit's voice? There is that was the first thing I, as a Christian I truly struggled with was listening to the Holy Spirit because our our body voice is the loudest and the closer closer you get to God yeah, you yeah, right, right, right. Right. go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead no, no. 
That's uh, funny. You just confirmed my last part well, of the answer. It was just because that, that was the biggest struggle I had as a urban fisherman. Remember I told you about this? Yeah. Uh, that, for example, I would be driving down the road, and this it, five degrees outside. This man out here is doing this on the side, on the side of the it's road. Outside. I, 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 I drive by, and I go, how do I get that, man? It's five degrees. I easily turn around. I look back, and he's gone. I, I, stuff like that I can't answer. I truly feel like it was lessons of just listening to God and having faith in God. Yeah. And that was the biggest struggle I had because our bodies are the loudest voices we have. And actually, the Bible says we have three, right? Body, soul, and spirit. And your, your, your soul is loud, your body's loud. The closer you get to God, the closer you build that faith and relationship, the more and more loud God gets to the point where sometimes in life where I'm walking. And for example, I'm with my buddy Bear, and we're in a car. And I'm like, well, Bear calls me and says, hey, man, I just heard gunshots next door. Can you uh, come get me? I'm driving to go get him. We park outside. And he gets up, and this lady's outside crying. Same house and stuff. Instantly, it was a command of God yelling at me on it, saying, go and pray with me. And I open the door. And my buddy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I walk up, and I'm praying with him. That, that, is a, that is a loud command of do this. And, I mean, who am I going to tell my father no? So I the closer you get to the closer you get your faith with God, the more and more louder that spirit is. Your spirit, the Lord, the more it's like do this, do this, the more you're closer to God, the more his will is. And but that was the, the biggest struggle I had truly was was understanding what my body voice was, what my soul's voice was, what my spirit's voice was. Because your body's loud like air and talking. Your body's Body's yeah, tired. try to fast. Your body starts talking. Yeah, yeah. So you start <laughs> fasting, you're realizing what truly is the loudest. You know, you're hungry for three days. Don't eat for three days. If you find out, your body's, your body's pretty loud. Talk. You'll start talking and chatting. Yep. Um, so financially, before I do anything. So does anybody have anything specific financially? Uh, I was coming from a business approach, but is there anything in anybody's mind that they'd like to ask? Anything? I'm just curious. I'd like to have a conversation So what? I'd like to have a conversation with you about that related to some guns. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we do budgeting. My wife does budgeting for people, and I will tell you, everyone we say you have, uh, they look at us the same. I go, everybody <laughs> has three hundred, four hundred dollars more money they can pay for guns. Okay, so they're like, nah, -uh. and I bring it in. You know, one time we budgeted, we found someone was uh, doing drugs. They told us stop. I said something don't make sense. Where's there is not four hundred. Wow. And, and I kept going over and over. He said, this, this, this is nothing. It's nothing. Come to find out later that was the deal. Wow. But, um, but in general cases, we, were, uh, we would budget people. And it would be things like this. Th this is how you prosper. This is how I run a business. This is how government should run. This is how your personal choices is. Um, we would budget and we'd say, all right, you don't need to order pizza for pizza. Huh? Go get a $5 pizza. Don't go to the movie theater. Just rent a movie like Redbox, you know. Uh, we would go through and cut out things that are substituted for cheaper things. You know, cut back on how much, at the time, how much cable that you need. Just cut to the basic cable. You can come up with $400 pretty back on fast if you just watch the pennies. And that's got to be wisdom. Because you want the, remember what's the word? Prosperity is not an evil word. You want to prosper even at home so that you can help that guy who says, I need five bucks. I'm going to feed you to Jenny. This is God's money. You need food? This is blessed for food. You don't spend on anything else but that. You want drugs? Go, 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 go
and I encourage you, I encourage you, you know, that, that kind of thing. You want to have that money to do that. You don't want to be the guy always asking for money. And just discipline. And that kind of discipline comes from spending time with the Lord and knowing the voice of the Lord speaking to you. You know, that, that's a healthy side of relationship. Because God, God will put you in check. He's, he's good. Um, the best thing, like this is the way I like to put it. Josh said, why didn't he do that to me? My dad, if I, if I did something that was out of line, my dad would say, my last name is Mills. He said, that's not becoming of a Mills boy. Just him saying, my father and I are saying that. I was like, you're right. God says that. That's not becoming of a child of God. So when you have that voice talking to you, you're like, you're right. I, I need to restrain how I stay away. And God gives me that strength. And I do the same thing with my shop. Same voice. So a healthy, a healthy drop. Um, but I want to share one last thing. Y'all good enough? There enough time for you guys over? Um, I love this financially. I guess it's kind of okay for whatever the Holy Spirit gives you, man. That's what we want. Um, what he said there, I just want to kind of share the spirit, soul, body. That's at, at our little gathering. We've been on that, and something some of our like to bring here. Um, do y'all understand that First Thessalonians five twenty three? Paul says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body prosper. Okay? So that means that our spirit and our soul is not interchangeable. A lot of people sell your spirit, your soul, your soul, your spirit. It's not. Um, generally, all three, like Austin said, are speaking to you. Like this is what I'd like to do. Last thing I'd like to leave with you guys. Um, you are a ghost inside of a body. And you have a consciousness of soul. But the who you are is the inner man, the spirit. Most people, before they really start trying to listen to the Lord, they're really in tune to what the voice of their body is. Their body saying, I'm hungry, thirsty, I'm tired, I'm punching the face, it hurts. And any other desires that God, God gave you, sexual desires, body's throwing that out there, it has a voice. It is your conscious that goes into the realm of imagination saying, oh, you know what? I could, I'd love to go eat, eat this. Your body said, I'm hungry. It's your soul that says, I'm hungry for this. And so that's the reason Romans chapter 12 says we need to renew our mind, our soul, so that we think in tune to the spirit. And um, so instead of listening to our body, our natural desires, we begin to listen to our spiritual desires, which is in tune. That's, that's what God communicates, your heart, your spirit. The way I have found that that works is Hebrews chapter 4, when it says the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing the difference between your soul and your spirit, the joints of marrow and bones, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And God gave me a picture, I just want to share this with you, to encourage you uh, that you're on the right, right thing. That's what, you know. So when he says soul, he showed me two, two categories. Um, under soul, he had joints and he had thoughts. Literally, soul, spirit, joints, bones, or marrow. That says marrow. Yeah. And I checked with my daughter on this. This is really cool. And down here, he says, thoughts and intentions of the heart. So um, the soul is pliable. 
I, mean, I can convince you, hey, can we jump off the house back here? I'll give you 10 bucks. No, 20 bucks. You know, the soul is pliable. The spirit is not movable. The spirit is a rock solid. It's a rock. And when you're tied with Jesus, it's a rock. Your soul, like your joints, they bend. Joints connect. But you know your bone marrow, which is under spirit? Do you know what makes the blood in your body is your bone marrow? I call my daughter. When you have healthy marrow, that is life. Spirit is life. The marrow is life. Your soul is pliable. Your joints are movable. And then the thoughts are inconsistent, but the intent of your heart is set upon the Lord is rock solid. So we realize that your spirit, well, I want to hear my spirit more. I personally, when the pandemic hit, I got on my knees. I, was, I didn't read my word. I wasn't very faithful every day talking and praying. And I merely said something ain't right. Got on my knees and I said, Lord, help me. I don't want to shut my business down. God started talking to me. Every day I kept me going and going and going. And I kept reading the Bible and I kept praying. And when I started reading the Bible, I started praying while I'm reading the Bible. Help me with my business. What did you mean here, Lord? I would talk out loud with God. I would talk out loud. And I started becoming more aware of the voice of God in me as I read the Bible because he said the word of God, Jesus, is the word. And what he said is consistent with who he is. So as I read the word, I become dividing the difference between my spirit and soul. And I'm like, wait a minute. I started realizing I had heart thoughts versus head thoughts. Yep. And I'm like, okay. So then I started listening to my heart more than my head. I said, that's just crazy. But my heart would tell me, do this, do that. And so though my soul is still to this day flying, my body can say, hey, blah, 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 blah. My soul's like, that sounds like a good idea. And my spirit says, no. Um, or yes, or whatever. whatever. And so I began to rely on the voice of my spirit as I just, this, like, 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 um, um, Matt, God, sorry. Uh, so as you said earlier, right? And I forgot what I was going to tell you. Whatever you said earlier. Anyway, I forgot your name. I got your name. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, so that's been spending time, you said. Spending time praising God. The more we do that, the more we're sensitive to our spirit. And, that, and I've learned that. That's guided me through my business. It's guided me through this day. And that will guide me through financial decisions. Yes. Because if you rely on your soul, yeah, you want to spend, uh, uh, well, what's another 5000 on that car to upgrade to this? What, and then the next thing, well, what's a, my soul saying, yeah, it's kind of cool to have this, spend more, but your heart's saying, don't be wise. Yeah. So that's the point of, of, of being just prayerful. Prayerful thing to do. It's good stuff. Um, so not, oh, last thing I want to say. I do want to give a revelation to something. And that's the gift of faith. This is something God just gave me. Yeah. You know the spiritual gifts, right? Yes, sir. One that has always baffled me. Romans 12 says, God has given every man the measure of faith. Everybody. When you're born, every man has the measure of faith. Mm -hmm. That's how we have the chance to believe before we know. Because God is fair and just to give you the faith. But then you jump over to Spiritual gifts, he said, some have this, some have the gifts of faith. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm confused. Why did you say over here that every man has a measure of faith, and then over here you see some have the gift? Is that a contradiction with God? 
I'm completely confused here. And God just revealed to me here what that is. God will give you a special gift of faith for a purpose in your life. When I bought this shop, if you would ask me to make those decisions I told you about earlier about that, that, that press or to buy the shop, in my mind frame, I would, if I was asked to do that today, I'd be like, no. But God dropped in my heart when I prayed a gift of faith yes. to where I didn't worry about stepping into it because I was stepping into his purpose for my life. But I could not do it on my own. I had the measure of faith to believe God yes. for what Jesus did on the cross. For saving them. And you know all the basic things. I have faith for that. But then God will sometimes give someone. A special gift of faith. That requires a special believing. For a task. It might be a missionary. It might be God will say go do this. And without the special gift of faith. If God had put that in you. You'd be like I'm not going over there doing all that. So for me he gave me. He said I, I gave you the gift of faith. So that you would make those big financial decisions. Because I need you. That was your purpose. And looking back, I, I cringe. I'm like, how in the world did I say yes to all this stuff? <laughs> That's what God said. I gave you a gift of faith for it, for that purpose. So stay praying and know that, that when you're called to do something, it may seem nutty up here, but you, you'll just know. I know I can do it. Yeah, you never knows. But 20 years later, you look back like, how in the world? I wouldn't do that today. <laughs> because he gave you a gift of faith. So that's why it's not a contradiction. No. It's a special gift for a season for a purpose. Yeah, and that's way huge. I can attest to that for sure. So I just want to get good. Yeah. So I just want to leave it there. That's yeah. that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I'm encouraged by it. Well, you know, Drill, after we have to have somebody come and speak, we want to lay hands on you and, Usually and, all the time. and pray for you. Is there anything specific that you would like us to pray for you? Well, I tell you what, since we've been talking about the shop, we have some changes, some key people that's retired. So um, I need God to help lead some people that will fill some shoes, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can continue doing what we're doing. So even yeah. everything I said about faith, my soul is still uh, doubtful and apprehensive about the future. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. For sure. 100% makes sense. So, I, I get it. Um, I can use that. All right, well, get on up in here in the middle. We'll, we'll stir, we'll, we'll pray for you. We'll yes, we thank you for, for the, the time such as this, Lord, that you, you've placed us where, where we're supposed to be, each and every one of us, Lord, for, for the time that we lived in, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the, the divine appointment just simply of our life, Lord. Jesus. Yes, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. We ask for for these shoes to be filled, Lord. For yes, those Jesus. that those that need to step up, and that would 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 continue to step up, Lord. That you've probably already put a call on their heart. You probably put Lord, things on their heart. You've you instilled ideas into them, Lord. I pray that that uh, like Josh's dad said, that, that they wouldn't live in fear of, of the new things, of something that they've never lived in before. But they would have faith, Lord. That. That you will get them through that. Yes, we 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 pray for that gift of faith that he's talking about. The times the, the times that that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have made those decisions without the special help and lift of your guiding hand. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I can feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we we go to him individually, each one of them, however many there is. Lord, yes, I pray, Lord, that you would show them, that you would reveal them, Lord, that you would ready their hearts, Lord, that you would give them little little 
little promptings here and there and little yes. opportunities to, to see your grace, to see your mercy, to come to know you. So when the decision comes, they're ready, Lord. Yes. Their hearts yes. are ready. Their minds are ready. Their souls are ready. Their spirit is ready. Things are in alignment with, yes. with your will, Jesus. Not, don't let any scheme of the enemy or yes. scheme of man come, come between Jesus. what you have for their lives, Jesus. Lord, I pray for Josh's dad that you would continue to strengthen him as he as he leads, as he guides, as he helps direct under under your leading, Lord. These people that that he is responsible for. There's there are sheep that have been placed in his flock, Lord. So Jesus, I pray, Lord, that He continues to minister them, continues to show, to not just talk about Jesus, but show them Jesus in His acts and in, in the way that He runs His business, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for the words that He shares with us tonight. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Does anybody want or need prayer for or believe about anything? I don't want to. Don't want to leave or end until. Everybody gets prayer. So nobody else needs prayer before we leave. We're all good. All right. Hey, everybody, be careful getting home, and thanks for coming. Yeah.